Hey, hey, we're on episode 112. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, friends, I am so excited to have Kristen Westcott on the show today. She is a business growth strategist. And in the time that we were talking before and after this recording, we kind of joked a little bit about how systems and strategies aren't the sexiest part of business, but they are the most thought about. They're the things that keep all of us course creators and coaches and consultants up at night. They're the things that we sit there while we're on our walk wondering, hmm, I haven't done this yet. I know I need to do that. Oh, could I have done this better? Oh, I fell down on that. I need to work on that for next time. And because we spend so much time thinking about that, I wanted to get an episode out to you guys devoted entirely to up-leveling your customer or client experience, especially if you're doing high-ticket programs or high-end courses, so you can continue that know, like, and trust journey and not let it fall flat on its face because you missed a key step on the way. So let's talk a little bit about Kristen before I introduce her. She is a business growth strategist and founder of Kristen Westcott Media. She spent the last decade in the legal and education field supporting leaders and students in the areas of goal setting, productivity, and project management. After recognizing her true passion lies in serving entrepreneurs, she honed her skills as a director of operations and quickly noticed that what was holding many business owners back wasn't actually a lack of drive or ability, but a lack of foundational systems that could support the day-to-day operations of a scaling business. These days, she spends her time helping online coaches, copywriters, and course creators scale without the frustration that massive growth often brings. So you guys know that I'm going to be keen on this topic. Let's hop right on into the interview. All right, Kristen, I'm so excited to have you on the Know, Like, and Trust show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Brittany. Thank you. So I'm really excited, first of all, not just because your website was definitely speaking to me as an entrepreneur, you know, wearing a lot of different hats, trying to manage time and prioritize things in a good way, but also because you have kind of a a unique take on the client experience and onboarding. And that's something that I personally have struggled with. Like I get all excited about launching a program. I do. And then it's like, oh, I probably should have prepped part of this part earlier in advance. I got the webinar done or I got the launch done or, you know, I got all those emails written and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely fell down a little bit in this area. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you kind of designed this for yourself and how you teach about it? Absolutely. And, you know, Brittany, what you're describing is so common. You know, when we hop into the online space, we, most of us just have a a passion for what it is we're doing. And we don't often think about all the other pieces that are going to have to go into this. And so we focus on the marketing, which is so important because that's how we're going to sell our products. But often because all of it's so new to us, that's exclusively what we focus on. And then we sell the product and we get the client in and then we're like, oh shoot, like there's all these other missing pieces. And so that's one of the reasons why I hopped into kind of focusing on that with my clients is because we hear more and more about how it's so much more affordable to keep the clients that you have than it is to constantly be out there searching for new clients, right? And so part of that is making sure you have a really 
phenomenal onboarding and offboarding experience with your clients. And so whether you are a course creator or a coach, your onboarding experience is going to look a little bit different, but it's really important to have something that kind of sets the tone and really kind of gets your people excited about what's coming. So whether it's that one-on-one coaching and you're setting the boundaries and the expectations so that there's no disappointment down the road when you're not responding to their DMs at midnight or 2 a.m. But, you know, like we really kind of need to set up the boundaries and the expectations. And part of that is with the onboarding. And so many people that I work with, if they've had, you know, disappointing experiences with their clients, a lot of it is because there was a little bit of a communication breakdown in that onboarding process. And so it's really, really important to use that onboarding process, not only to to prep them for what's to come, but to get them excited about all of the transformation that's going to take place while they're working with you. So I know that I personally have experienced when I've bought into a program in the past, like you pay the money and you get really excited and then maybe it doesn't start for a week or two. And then there's that kind of lull, shall we say? Is this something that should be addressed in what you're talking about? Yeah. And so if you're somebody who live launches, and this is, I mean, I think majority of the the people out there do some kind of a live launch for one of their programs. And so you know when you're actually going to start that cohort or that particular module, but there's always that gap, right? Because if you have a card open phase of, you know, 10 days to two weeks, if someone buys on that first day, you have to do something with them right up until that course actually starts. And so we are so focused on being in that launch and in that card open phase and doing all the marketing things that we forget about those people that actually bought on those first couple of days. And so it's really great if you have this prepped ahead of time. One of the things I love that for course creators to do is to create like a little prep module or a welcome module that is like pre-module one, like, you know, before this even starts. Something that isn't necessarily foundational for them to understand module one going forward. So if they don't get to it, it's not going to ruin their experience, but it's something to kind of get them started, get them excited, get them prepped for whatever's happening. And so with what I do in my business doing strategy and systems, one of the things that I often will, will help people prep ahead of time is how to clear space on their calendar to do the work right? Because that, especially when we see in the online space for course creators and coaches to really get their people to the finish line, that requires ongoing consistent work. And the number one reason we hear from clients is that, oh, I ran out of time or something came up. And so one of the things I like to do is right off the bat, put them through like a little pre-prep module of how can we go ahead and clear the space to get excited about all the transformation that's going to happen or all the things that you're going to be learning and going through in this course going forward. And this works regardless of what niche you're in. Right. Whether, you know, whether your health and wellness, whether your B2B, B2C, you know, doing a prep module for clearing the space is great. And, you know, if you're a little bit more on the woo-woo side, you can also do, you know, like clearing the energy. But if you're not and you're kind of very logical and grounded, there's still a way to kind of get them excited about clearing their calendar or clearing their desk or arranging childcare or whatever that kind of needs to be. And it really gets them excited about that. Also, if you do have any kind of community that you're offering with the course or with the coaching to open that up early and really kind of get some posts pre-scheduled in Facebook to kind of generate some engagement, right? So you do a video having them welcome themselves and then you and your team need to kind of hop in there and, and start interacting with them right away. So it's not like they don't hear or see you until the first day or the first call. 
Oh, that's brilliant. And yeah, I think you're right. I mean, so many times people start a program or a course and they are, you know, really excited to hop in and they pour some time into it. But if it's a multi-week project, clearing that space can really set them up in a great way. So I love that you kind of start there because like you said, it's not niche specific. It's very much something that people can do to feel like they're working on things right now before they actually get to that. So what are some of the other things that may be an onboarding sequence for a course creator or or even for a coach might want to include? Yeah, so it looks a little bit different. So for a course creator, I think the goal is to kind of get on there, get excited and tell them where to contact you with which types of questions, right? So I'm going to assume you have a Facebook community with your course because I think most course creators do. So I'm just going to assume that we do, but you don't want them posting questions about payment and those kinds of things in the Facebook community, right? It can kind of start, you know, some negative discussions around those kinds of things. And so you want to make sure that in that onboarding process, it is very clear who to contact with regards to which questions. So if they're having trouble logging into the platform, you know, what can they do? If they're having trouble with payment, what can they do? Who do they contact? You know, if you have more than one team member supporting them in the Facebook group, making it clear like who specializes in in what particular area so that they can tag that person. If you have rules around tagging, around, you know, feedback on something, around maybe not posting videos or whatever, it's really great to make that clear at the very beginning so that it makes it easier for you to manage, but also kind of sets the expectation for them and allows you to clarify why you've made the decisions that you've made and framing them in a positive manner. So that let's say you've decided you don't want everybody posting videos beyond the introduction video. You can explain why that is, you know, it's hard to search. We can't find your question and you frame it in a way that makes it beneficial for them to be following these rules, not just that you're setting out all of these ground rules that need to be followed. And so I think that is a really important part of the onboarding process, because especially as we move to online communication, things in text kind of you lose the nuance, you lose, you know, that kind of stuff. So if we can prep them through a video and things like that, it can kind of make the rest of the course a lot smoother. It's also really great where you can kind of talk to them a little bit more about what's coming up. You know, some people like to know, like some people really like to be surprised, but some people like it can kind of give them a little bit of anxiety if they don't know what's coming. And so this can be a really great way to say, you know, if you have questions about this particular topic, don't worry, we're going to be covering that in module seven. You know, we'd really like you to kind of focus your energy on this. So just kind of giving them the lay of the land, because most of us drip our courses out, they can't see what the next module is or what's coming. And so even if you just have a really quick, like one pager doc, letting them know everything that's in it, after they've purchased, they don't go back to the sales page to see all of that content and that information. So if you can grab essentially the same information you had on the sales page with the information about the modules and pop that into a quick PDF for them, it can really make them feel like not only are you organized, but you are devoted to giving them, you know, the best information that you can. I also like if you're in a group setting things up in units, right, in a Facebook group so that they can find, you know, FAQs and that kind of stuff. It's really, really great if you do a a quick Loom video on how to reset your password (laughs) because you're probably going to get a dozen questions, if not more than that, for people that can't find it, can't get logged in and that kind of stuff. So if you can preempt some of that, preempt some of that stuff by doing some of these little tech tutorial videos and having them in the Facebook group where they can very easily find them, that will kind of help breathe that sigh of relief for people that maybe this is their first time using your particular course platform. Oh, that's really smart. I can't tell you how many programs I've been in that 
we get those kinds of questions in the Facebook group constantly. Hey, um, how do I submit a question for this? Like every week. And you're right. If you just had an easy place to figure that out, it would cut down on so much of the noise so we could get down to the, you know, the meaty, the nitty gritty stuff. Yeah. And simple things like if you're using an external form like Google Forms, right, for them to submit a question for a call, doing a quick walkthrough of this is what the form is going to look like. And this is what you have to fill out and make sure you click this button. And then no worries, we've got your information. And this is the process after that. We'll review the questions. We'll pick the ones that serve the group, you know, whatever your process is, because depending on the group size, you might not get to every call every week, right? So the other thing I like to say, and I mean, some people would argue this is not part of onboarding. I include this as part of onboarding is I always set out what's also going to happen throughout the course. So I'll say, you know, around week four or five, you're going to get another email from me with kind of like a progress questionnaire. And this is really important because this is where I get to get your feedback to make sure that we can address any concerns you have throughout the course. And this is really important because, you know, as much as I'm going to ask for your feedback at the end of the course, I'm not able to to address things or make them better for you. So it's really important for me to kind of have this midway. And so if you're noticing things along the way, little bumps in the road, make sure you record them somewhere because around weeks, you know, whether four or five, six or whatever, I'm going to send you a, a progress questionnaire. And I'd really love it for you to give me that kind of feedback in there. And so now they're thinking about it as, wow, she really does care that, you know, it's not just a course that's pre-done and like too bad for you if it doesn't serve your needs, that you care enough to kind of let them know. And then they're also kind of thinking, oh, okay, it would have been really easy if I'd been able to get all the handouts in one tab rather than having to click through each video. That is such an easy solution for your clients. If that's all it's going to take to make them feel a little bit more positive about your program is to just drop all the handouts in one tab versus having them done video by video, then that's a really easy solution. And so I always prep them, letting them know that this is coming. That also tends to stop Facebook threads around any little bit of negativity that might come up about, I can't find this handout. Why can I never find the handouts? Because you've let them know that they're going to have that opportunity to provide the feedback. And then you and your team can address that and then make sure the remaining modules have all the handouts put together or whatever that may be. Okay. You have just given so many nuggets here already that I'm one, like thinking about how I can change the experience for my course, but also, yeah, a lot of things I've run into over the last few years that I've experienced where, you know, I love the person running the program. I I love the concept, but all of these little logistical things sometimes make me question whether it was worth the investment. And And I don't mean that in a harsh or critical way, but when you're constantly thinking, oh, I can't find this, or oh, I really wish this happened this way all those little negatives start stacking up. And for me, at least, it really affects my overall perception of my experience. And I would imagine that that's kind of what you're getting at, is that when you can mitigate all of those things right from the get-go in a good onboarding and organizational process, it creates a much better experience all the way around. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it doesn't matter how much we progress in marketing. It doesn't matter what the next new big thing is. Word of mouth marketing is always, always going to be your best form of marketing, right? And it was happening 100 years ago, and it's still the most important part today because we see every course out there, there's more than one person teaching that type of course, right? If you want to know how to write a sales page, there's more than a dozen people whose course you can take. But the way you pick who you're going to work with is largely, yes, whether you resonate with the copy on their sales page, but also if you know somebody who has taken their course and who is raving about their course, you're not even going to check out their quote unquote competitors because they've had such a phenomenal experience. You're going to trust that person, your business bestie or whoever it is, and and take that course 
right? So if you can get your customers raving about their experience, then you're going to have less of a struggle converting warm leads, right? Because you've already kind of, you've got someone vouching for you, you know, in your corner there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I'm part of an accountability group that there's, I think, seven of us who all took a course a year ago. And now we're in this accountability group. And it's become one of my favorite parts of my week because we're all kind of moving in different directions. So we've all kind of entered other programs or other coaching systems or masterminds. And we're all bringing back, you know, what we've learned through the process. And one of the women in this group was asking me about something that I had done. And I said, okay, the information's good, but it's crappy. It's not like a super polished program. It's not what you're used to from the thing that we did together a year ago. And, you know, it's 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 those little tidbits that really tell somebody, is this the right place for me to learn or not? Because while the information is good, if you don't appreciate a program that's not really polished and put together and super organized and you struggle in that kind of environment, knowing that upfront allows you to make a much more informed decision. And then obviously that's going to affect your overall ability to learn from that kind of person. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So let's talk a little bit about offboarding because to be 100% clear, I have fallen down in this particular area. So I'm, you know, really impressed with the tips that you've given on onboarding. But what are we looking at in offboarding to really continue the relationship with our clients and not fall down and kill our no like trust factor because we didn't address things? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought this up because many of us hear that we do need onboarding, whether or not we're doing it or not. We know that we should be, but we don't often at all think about offboarding because everything is done, right? And it's just kind of like, you don't want to feel like somebody's just kind of like dropped you like a hot potato, but that's often what ends up happening, right? The course is over and, you know, and you're just like, oh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> you know, like we're done. You know, whereas if you have a nice, smooth offboarding process, they don't ever kind of feel like that. It's kind of like when you read a good book and it just ends and you're like, what? You know, like there's no epilogue. There's, there's nothing like you know, you just feel like there's no closure there. And we don't want our clients or or students experiencing that same type of feeling. And so one of the things I love to do is, so let's, again, we'll stick with, with courses right now, is looking at, okay, depending on the length of the course, is it an eight-week course, a 12-week course, right? Looking at the length of it. I'll go back a couple of weeks and start kind of wrapping things up and, and prepping things for them at the end. So for example, if you're going to be asking for a testimonial, and you're going to be asking for feedback, I highly, highly recommend you do this at separate times for a couple of reasons. When we're asking for a testimonial, we want to get that testimonial at the point where we know that the course is likely to have had their biggest breakthrough. So you know your course material, you know the way you've put it together, and you know the week that people are going to be like, oh my God, this is amazing, right? You don't need to have your testimonial right at the end of your course. You want to capture your testimonials when people are at their highest positive emotional point, because otherwise you get these flat testimonials of, you know, Brittany's course was great. You know, well, I mean, not that we don't want a testimonial that says your course is great, but we would love to catch them at the height of their excitement and enthusiasm about the content because they're more likely to be detailed and pull in specifics that really kind of makes that testimonial stand apart on a future sales page or email or wherever else you might be using it. So I like to look at that and place my testimonials, which are typically part of your offboarding process, wherever it makes sense in the course that they're going to have captured that big aha moment. So sometimes that might be week eight in a 12-week course um, and looking at that. 
And then I like to capture my testimonials before I ask for feedback. And again, it's that we want the testimonial to be framed in that positive manner. Whereas feedback, we're asking them to truly be open and honest and let us know about anything in the course that we can do to improve, right? And so you don't want them to have given you feedback and then ask for a testimonial because now they've gotten their mind, well, those handouts weren't all together and, you know, it wasn't as polished as I hoped it would be or, you know, there were some tech issues with this video or whatever it happened to have been. We don't want that in their mind when they're writing your testimonial. And then you can always give them the opportunity to have that feedback be anonymous, which means then you're going to get even more real, open and honest responses from your people to be able to really make that course as phenomenal as you can. So I recommend that that be done when the course is over versus the testimonial that can kind of take place whenever that big aha moment is going to have happened. And then as I'm winding things down, I like to start seeding the next piece or the next step. And so this might be, maybe you have a referral program, right? And if that's the case, you start to kind of mention it once or twice as things are wrapping up. Maybe when the course is done, you're going to be archiving that community. Is there another place that they can go? So then you start talking about, you know, wrapping things up and when, when the community is going to be archived, but don't worry, we're going to have this place for you to go. Maybe the next step is a paid membership, right? You start to kind of see those kinds of things so that when they get to the end of the course, they have an idea of, okay, I'm either A, going to go into this free group or B, I'm going to go into this paid community, but this is kind of where things are going to progress at the end of where I'm at now. You might also address things like, you know, don't worry if you feel like you're quote unquote behind, you know, you have access to this for lifetime, any upgrades we do, you get right again, reminding them of all those positive things and saying, you can go through this at your own pace. And we're here to support you in this alumni group or whatever the, you know, wherever else you're trying to direct them as another, a nice way of, of making sure that they know they have all of those things, especially like I mentioned earlier, like tech tutorials. So depending on what your, you know, what your program is, they might not have, let's say, building a website, right? They haven't got to the point where they need to hook up that landing page to their email service provider yet, and they didn't get it done in the 12 weeks. You want to still make sure that they have a tech tutorial on how to do that very clearly after the course is done and make sure that they know all of those things are there to support them beyond the 12-week time span of the course. All right. So I love that you kind of broke this down into two steps. This is how, how I took it at least. First is that here is what we want to get from our students, which is both feedback and testimonials. And then the next part is what we want to give to our students, which is here's a free place to continue your learning journey, or here's a paid option if you want some more support. And I think, I mean, realistically, most people are probably thinking, okay, the course is over. Now I need my testimonials. I'm off and, you know, going to move on to the next thing. But I love that you broke it down into both sides because I feel like from a service point of view, giving people options to continue to work with you comes from a place of service. And yes, that might be a paid option and it might be a free option, but either way, you're serving them in a continued fashion. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important to be able to, again, you know, even if they never purchase anything else from you, they've invested that money in you and they are likely going to be the person who's recommending you. And so if they're in that free group and they're getting a little bit of support and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go live once a month. It can just be respond to their questions in a post, right? They're going to be like, they're still supporting me, even though this program's done. That just kind of speaks volumes for 
what sets you apart from everybody else in the online space. And who knows? We don't know. Like we can all say my five-year plan is to do this or my 10-year plan is to that, but you might have another offer come up down the road that is the right offer for them. And if you've been nurturing them in this way after your program, they might sign up for your next offer, even though they haven't been in your paid membership program. Maybe it just wasn't the right thing for them, but maybe your next high ticket offer might be more in alignment with what they're looking to invest in at that time. Kristen, this has been so packed with fantastic information. I know that people are going to be interested in hearing about more of what you do. Where can we find you and all of that fun stuff? So as you mentioned, I do have a website. It's kristenwestcottmedia.com. The place I am most active on social is on Instagram. So I do have a Facebook page and I have a LinkedIn page and all that jazz, but I'm most active on Instagram. So feel free to hop on over and follow me there. Send me a DM. I I love chatting with people in DMs about some of these kinds of things. You know, if you have a question about your onboarding or offboarding or, you know, something like that, I'm, I'm happy to kind of chat away with people in the DMs about that. And I do have, if you're trying to figure out what the, you know, your next best thing to do in your business is. I have a roadmap to business growth that helps you kind of look at overall, like where do you want to be 12 to 18 months from now? And then we reverse engineer that into like, what should I be doing in the next, you know, nine months, six months, three months, and then break it down month by month. Um, So this can kind of help you get your next course out there, help you figure out your marketing plan to bring your one-on-one clients, whatever that might look like. And off the back end of that, there's a, a video series in the email in the email nurture sequence that will help you break down each of those things. So you can kind of go through it nice and slow without having to sit down and tackle that guide all in one sitting. Brilliant. Kristen, this has been fantastic. Thank you. You're very welcome. All right. For a systematic kind of topic that we joked about earlier, I think Kristen nailed it. She gave us about a thousand nuggets that I can personally go ahead and apply to my business right now which I love. I love being able to give all of you guys really good, applicable, tactical things that you can change in your business right now to continue building your know, like, and trust factor. If you found value from today's episode, I'd love to ask you to go ahead and leave a five-star review in your favorite podcast player. If that's Apple Podcasts, with that Spotify, whatever it is that you're using, Leaving those reviews allows other people to find these episodes and go ahead and employ these really good nuggets in their business as well. Let's spread the wealth. I'll see you guys next week.